0: The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Okay,
1: cool. And you can and you can like volume's good and everything. No, oh, yeah, so it looks it yeah it looks good. Okay, good. I, I'm in a different location than I was last week when we recorded. So I just went in a different room. Oh, that's room gonna ruin everything. Yeah, I know. Well, that's why I want to make sure everything there's not like weird feedback in here. No, 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 smaller internet signal or something like that. So, so I take it maybe no major life changes since the last time we talked or anything.
0: Um uh nope
1: nope oh okay yeah no me neither just
0: payday yeah yeah nice good for you
1: (laughs) good and then Um, rent yes (laughs) oh yes 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 oh yeah always the it's always good and then you get the check and then you get the bills and then it's the wake-up calls yeah um Just out of curiosity, because I know, like, I'm uh, I'm a giant hockey fan. I know there was a game not too far from you uh, outdoors last weekend. Does that anything that uh, was it like a hyped up around you guys or anything? Or because it was at Lake Tahoe, I don't know exactly how far that is from you, but
0: I was I was going to answer that by saying there was. (laughs) Oh, okay. So,
1: well, that that, that, well, I think that's enough. uh, That that says enough. So,
0: welcome to season six, episode fifteen of the Better Band Podcast. An all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, a different guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, single, and B-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon here with returning guest Bradley Pisecki, and we are talking about the closing track on Barnarl. sort of, if you don't count the hidden track, Parting Ways. Hello, Bradley. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem.
1: Yeah, always happy to be back.
0: Yeah, we got you back to talk about this Ed written track. Um, it looks like they first played it. Ed played it first before uh in a preset on June 28th of 2000. Then a couple months later, actually, the whole band played it on October 7th. So that's what uh, the Pearl Jam website is going to tell you is that October 7th show. But then they also include some other Eddie solo shows for some reason, but not the presets. I don't know what they're doing there, but you know how their website is with uh, counting their songs. It's, uh, It's really weird. Yes, it is but uh, the song even goes back further to a sound check in Barcelona 1996 that fabled uh, boot that's been floating around there with uh, with people uh, that Ed is uh, playing it you can kind of hear them and it's basically I think just the verse and the maybe the chorus the bridge isn't there yet but uh, it's basically just a jam around E and a is what the song is so it's pretty uh, mm-hmm. pretty simple to it could be just them jamming and kind of like oh hey I can kind of figured out this riff let's play it and see what happens and i'll make up some words or something like that maybe um...
1: that's kind of what it, that's what it sounded like to me too. It's yeah, like almost like a improv kind of uh, like during the sound check, like you said, they're just kind of playing around with it. And it seems like it was definitely the, um, the starting point for the song. Um, like I said, when you hear the, like the guitar, you could tell it's like, that was almost completely hashed out. Or I guess you, you could say they, he saved that much or had it, refined enough for him to to save it for later could kind of tell on the sound check part he's just kind of like it almost sounds like he's mumbling a little like maybe he doesn't have the lyrics yet he's just kind of figuring it out and you know kind of like like we like you said let's just they're jamming a little bit so probably didn't have any didn't come to the stage with anything you know written prepared uh lyric wise so it's still
0: very cool. Yeah, it's also not the best recording, too, so... Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> Maybe he right. was saying real words, but he just can't yeah. really make it out. Well, in Eddie's classic uh, singing, it's sometimes it's hard to make out words even when he knows what he's saying. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, the, on the album, uh, this has uh, Strings by April Cameron and yes. Justine Foy. Uh, I believe April Cameron has also come out with them and played some strings a couple of times when they played this live as well. I don't have specific dates for that though.
1: Yeah, I think I saw that too. I know they had strings in Philadelphia in the '09. They had a string section come with them, but I don't know if she was part of that or if that was a Philadelphia, like a you know string quartet from Philadelphia or something like that. But
0: uh, yeah, I think it was possibly the. It was in Seattle. Sure.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I thought that on the binaural tour. Uh, they had the two closing shows in Seattle and they played it both nights. For some reason, I thought there was a string section, but i it's not listed on uh, on any of the website or not not on, at least I, I use live on, um, or I'm sorry, uh, live footsteps and it doesn't make note of it there, but it doesn't mean that it, they weren't there. And it would make sense in Seattle. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I, that is Matt Cameron's wife, if I'm not yes. mistaken, and they probably live in Seattle. So I would think that, you know, it was easy for her to, you know, get there. But
0: um, and I believe on the album as well, Eddie's playing a sitar on it.
1: Oh, very cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, probably. Uh, I, I don't know that it's him for sure playing, but I I didn't see it credited to anybody else, so that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's the it's the main riff, so I think he's playing. You know, mm-hmm. the main riff since he wrote the song. Yeah, and he plays right. the main riff or
1: whatever. Yes. Yeah, I would think so. Makes the most sense.
0: So yeah, the song closes out the album. I know that I've said. In other episodes, and also in the beginning of the season, when I talked to Randy uh, and Breaker Fall, that uh, this album kind of feels like it has doubles, like it has sort of pairs.
1: Right. I remember you saying that on um a couple of episodes actually. So yeah,
0: and and that might have to do with like possibly the reason that they chose the hourglass nebula for the cover. Yes. Because that kinda is like a pair and it's you know, Venn diagram ish or something. Right, yeah. The way it Very looks cool. like it and kind of just like Yeah, it looks really neat. I think it's Yeah, mirror mirror images. Um and trying to come up with uh with pairs of songs like this could be Paired up possibly with break or fall because break or fall could be the beginning of a relationship, and then this one is obviously the ending of a relationship. Nothing as it seems and Sleight of Hand kind of go together yeah. for me, because it's yes, kind of guitar so. noodley, and also sort of uh, looking at the mundanity
1: mm-hmm. of life.
0: Uh, I'm not sure if I said that word right or if that is a word. Uh,
1: <laughs> I, I'm not sure. It, it sounds really good though, so I, I, I'll I'll just go with it. So,
0: sort of like a, an an existential look at uh, the meaning of life in some ways. Right. Um, oh, thin yeah. air and of the girl kind of go together for me, mostly because they're the Stone songs mm-hmm. and. Sure. They're kind of relationship uh Insignificance and Grievance, I see, is going together. Two Ed songs, yeah. because yeah, they're both Ed songs, mm-hmm. and they kind of talk about um, sort of greed and um, politics. Yep. The only ones I can't yeah. really figure out are where... Uh, God's Dice, Evacuation, Rival, and Soon Forget fit in there. Maybe Soon Forget works in with Insignificance and Grievance, at least lyrically,
1: but... Could be, yeah. I was going to say that also has to do with greed, so that could be... Yeah, and
0: Light Years possibly goes along with Sad. Sad, of course, taken off the album. But uh, those, I think, um, conceptually sort of go together as far as uh, lyrical content and everything.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: But uh, that's kind of what I had (laughs) for... uh, for the for the big concept. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, for this song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what about this song is 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 uh, is making it one of your favorite ones from this album?
1: Uh, you know, to be honest, I I I'm not exactly sure. I don't I don't know why I like it so much. Uh, but I just I think part of it is just when listening to it, it feels very like like it atmospheric almost. Like it feels like the music is filling the room. It just feels so just like like it surrounds you kind of like, um, and and this oddly enough, isn't one of them that was recorded binaurally where Uh you would get the two different, the sounds from different uh, headphones or different speakers or whatever. But um, even though it's not one of them, it's still, like I said, it has that feel to it. And I just like, it just has a mood, I guess you could say. And it's, and, um, and even though I'm not like, in a bad relationship or anything like that, like lyrically wise, it's just, it's, it's very straightforward lyrics, easy to, uh, to understand, you know, what's going on. And like I said, I think the music more than anything, just kind of like, like moves me, so to speak. And, um, and like I, I've, I've said to you know, some people before, um, when, when, when I, when I start listening to an album for the first time, more, more than often than not, like one of the first couple tracks in the album is, ends up being my favorite. It's like, Oh, it's, you know, just, you know, I don't know, a lot of times it's an album opener or maybe the second song, I really like it. And then the more and more I listen to the album, then maybe I start, you know, um, like in like a, you know, maybe like tracks four or five. And then basically I feel like by the time the last song or one of the last songs has become my favorite, then I know I've really got the album. And uh, again, this is no different actually. Like when this album first came out, this was the first album that came out after I had a driver's license. So not surprisingly, I would listen to this while driving to school and driving to work and you know all that stuff as a teenager and um uh, and it still is one of my favorite albums uh you know I always say yields my favorite and it still is mm-hmm. you know and I know the most a lot of the Pearl Jam community would say uh you know no code no code's probably no code and Binaural it might be tied for number 2 for me it could be on any on any a given given day they could flip flop spots and depending on what I'm feeling so i i have a good just a lot of very good memories with the album and uh it just it means a lot Cause like I said, I was at that age. I was, I guess I was still 16 when the album came out, I was 17, but you know, later that year. And like I said, so it was one of the first albums I got, like the day it was the first Pearl Jam album I got the day it came out and, you know, listened the heck out of it as, you know, as much as I could. And, um, and I was gonna say, like my the first couple listens, you know, I you know I loved Breakerfall and Light Years, and then as you know, more and more listens, it turned into Grievance and Insignificance, and then you know, over time, now my two favorite songs on the album are probably Sleight of Hand and Parting Ways. And um, so, like I said, so it feels like I've gone through the whole album and loved each one for different reasons in different ways, and and this, but this one's just stuck with me. I'm not, you know, like I said, I don't know what else other than just it just has such a feel to it, like such a, a mood and a, you know, like I mentioned before, like it just f- fills the room. It's just like all, all around you when you listen to it, or at least in my mind, I don't, can't say that everybody feels the same way, but yeah, it
0: does. Especially I think the end the drifting away part. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, also just like ringing out the final note. Um, it, it feels very yeah. sort of cathartic and emotional. I think, yeah uh, um,
1: sure and I, I think that the string section helps also with those a lot of the feel because it just sets you know it sets like i said like a mood or like a tone almost in the background and uh that helps a lot
0: yeah uh lyrically it kind of has you know the uh the woman's point of view in the uh, in the first two verses and then mm-hmm. the uh the third verse is like uh and 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 final chorus is like the man's sort of point of view in the uh in the relationship yeah. in the song
1: Right, right. Yeah, just yeah, sounds like just two people who they know it's over, but they're still together kind of and they're going to drift apart, which I mean, I could kind of relate to that a little bit. But uh, luckily, it's been a long time. But uh, but, it, you know, it's stuff that I'm sure a lot of people have, you know, can can understand and people have been in relationships where they kind of saw the writing on the wall, so to speak, and saw things coming to an end before that actually did. And
0: yeah, and the the drifting, I think, and parting those words uh, drifting sounds a little bit more passive than, than mm-hmm. parting ways makes it seem a little bit more sort of final and cut and dry sort of like okay we know right. this is where it's yeah. going to end up so we should you know cut it off instead of just letting it die on the vine i guess
1: mm-hmm. right yeah to me drifting makes it feel more like just like slowly over time whereas parting ways is like you said just nip it in the bud kind of thing
0: yeah it, it could also be i don't know because it, it kind of. uh you can talk about, like, hiding flames and, and future burning. It kind of seems like there's sort of resentment there,
1: mm-hmm. it seems like. Yes, yes. Yeah, anger and or some sort some of, yeah. yeah.
0: And um, so it could be that there's been some sort of uh, grievance there, something that's yeah. that's causing the relationship to break up or something like that. And, um, I don't know, staining, sure. you know, like like a statue, chin of stone, heart of clay, kind of makes it seem like there's maybe some emotional oh, yeah. unavailability
1: possibly there. Right. Yeah. I was going to say something. Yeah. It's very similar. Just that. Yeah. It feels like, yeah, he's just kind of like, just, just there kind of, yeah. Like, like, exactly. Like you said, like kind of unavailability where it seems like from her perspective, yeah, there's something like, you know, anger, resentment, something, but she, you know, she could smile just the same. Like she puts on a good front just to like, yeah, well, you know, we're, we're still here. We're still doing stuff, even though deep down, like behind her eyes, there's, um, you know, there's some anger or some frustration or something. And then um, and then like on his part, like you said, he's just uh, kind of unavailable or just like a statue, like, you know, nothing, no emotion, no, uh, you know, maybe no, no reciprocating of uh, maybe of the love or something like that or whatever.
0: Yeah. And being, you know, too big of a man to say sort of stoic and you know typical man not showing emotion or something like that right. being emotionally unavailable i think as well as that and also possibly uh uh yeah not stereotypical that's not the word i'm looking for but maybe um just uh typical gender role the sort of
1: yeah like the gen- gender norms or whatever you want to yeah, say just sort of like or what's what's where we're led to believe so to speak
0: yeah and you don't want to admit mistake or admit fault necessarily Right. I think they're right, right. either, but um, possibly could also be maybe statue, stone, clay. It could also be possibly uh sickness, maybe, like somebody is possibly like in a coma or something like that. And drifting could away be. possibly is is, uh, is a reference to that sort of just going yeah. off into, you know, into the ether.
1: Yeah, I, you know, never thought of that, but that's, uh, that's another good way to look at it, too. Like like we've said before on some of these episodes, it's like I said. The one thing I like about Eddie's lyrics is that everybody can interpret them different. I know he uh, he's even said things like that as he doesn't like to say what they're about. He lets the the fan kind of decide what they're about, and I like that. There's you know multiple viewpoints for for a lot of these songs, including this one.
0: So this is pretty much the only way that you could end this album, right? I mean, I think I I think especially with the strings.
1: Yes, absolutely. I know.
0: it, it makes it just feel sort of like epic.
1: It, it, and, it does. It really yeah. does. And like I was going to say, because I know that like in other some of the other episodes, uh, you guys have talked about, uh, you know, the alternate track listing and how education was supposed to end it. And I feel like yeah, yeah. that would be a not good way to end it. Um, and I, I, there's nothing against the song Education. I think it's a, a fine song. It's, you know, maybe it has a place on the album somewhere. I just don't feel like the that place would be the last song I it and I don't know if it's just because like you know like because we're so used to it and so accustomed to the album ending with parting ways um that that you just kind of like oh well it's, it would be weird to think of it any other way it'd be like thinking like oh could something other than release uh you know n10 and it's like well you know you know you're so used to it mm-hmm. like that but you know but this one when you saw that there was uh that they had some kind of other uh, uh maybe some other intentions it kind of you know you think of it like that but it's like I, I don't I can't imagine the education ending it's just so it's just so different like you said this one just like the way it plays out and the way with the strings it just it feels like like a last song you know like an ending it has like you know the song is kind of about about an ending it's an ending of a relationship it's it's very fitting that it, was, it would also be an ending of an album so you know I mean you know you could rearrange these you know the songs you know how you like them and whatever but I can't predict or I can't imagine how it it would just sound so different i mean i've listened to it in the other or you know make a playlist and put them in the the original order the proper order however you want to say it or whatever and it just it doesn't seem you know at least the end of that part doesn't seem to flow as well it's just like i don't know you know education's like it's you know it's it's a it's fine song it's not a bad song or anything like that but it just this one feels so like like i said like so final like it's a like the ending so
0: yeah because it's going from parting ways into education too is how they have it so it's kind of
1: right yeah at that point it would almost feel like uh, a hidden track yeah 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 right it's you know i mean especially with like this like you said like the outro like the strings and like the note and it just like the music kind of drifts away and drifts off at the end and then it's Mm -hmm. and then you got and then you just all of a sudden kicks into you know with the education it's uh (laughs) it doesn't seem like it would uh it just doesn't seem like it flows so well have you ever? Have you ever got to see it live? Were you ever uh, privileged enough to see it live? Because they haven't played it very often. For some reason, it's not one that makes its appearance all that uh, all that often. Yeah. yeah, I've been lucky enough to see it two times. I saw it uh, actually the second time they played it as a live band on that mm-hmm. binaural tour. That was that was my second Pearl Jam show ever, the Chicago one, and uh, and they closed out the main set, and it was very cool. But again, at that time, I was it wasn't my it wasn't one of my favorite songs yet. I still enjoyed seeing it live. And then, the, and then I saw it again in 06 um, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they used it as kind of like what they do now, where they have um, the beginning part of the encore. They kind of came out and did like a seated kind of a couple slow songs they did at that show. They did Around the Bend and Sleight of Hand and uh, Hard to Imagine and then and also Parting Ways. And uh, and that was very, very cool. I was very extra excited for that. But um, those are the only times I've seen it. So uh,
0: Yeah, I've seen it once in San Diego 2000 oh, okay
1: yeah I'd say most of the shows and most of the performances that they've done were in 2000 I mean I don't know the let's see it looks like 15 of the what 26 according to this website um 15 of them were in so 60 of them were on the on the album tour so if you didn't see it then it's you're lucky to see it anytime after that so I know they I know they used it in um as part of like I guess you call it the preset or the first set when mm-hmm. they did the uh the three nights in Mansfield in 3 on the active tour when they did, um, you know, and they tried no repeats the whole over the course of the three nights, and then uh, for the the third night they came out before Slater Kinney and played kind of an acoustic set, and this was part of that, and that's one of my favorite versions to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they did really well on that, and it does. It seems like you know, I know, I think, I think Ed will do this at his solo shows too. Yeah, I've seen a couple Ed solo shows, and I want to say I'm probably I don't I there's <laughs> unfortunately there's not. Um, a handy stat guide for ed solo stuff but i'm pretty <laughs> sure i've seen it at least once at his solo stuff but and i know he'll, you know he'll do it at priest uh as a preset when he does them every now and then and um you know they did it at benaroya hall because it is it's you know this song works well it's like on a seated kind of like slower acoustic setting and everything so
0: yeah it is it is just it, it's a real it's a real moody song it's just a lot of um I don't know about emotion, but it's, it, it just has a feeling to it.
1: Yeah, like I said, it has like a, a tone. It it's just has that, Try to set, I guess I uh, was mentioning earlier, like I said, you just have a feel. Like when you're listening to it, you like feel the song. Like I feel it in my bones as I'm listening to it, and, you, know, mm-hmm. you know. And another reason why it's a, a good album closer too is it just it fits the mood kind of of the album. The album is kind of itself is a lot of like downer subject matter. And, um, you know, and there's not a lot of happy peppy songs on this, that uh, in the album. And yeah. so, and this is, you know, fits right in line with that. So, you know, which they said, that's part of the reason that sad was left off the album was because it was too poppy of a song and everything. But, um, I'm sure you'll cover that on a different episode, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but this, been, uh, but this
0: uh... <laughs> I think, I think sometime in the, uh, in the new year, I think next oh, yeah. year sometime I'll get around <laughs> okay. to, uh, oh, to sure. lost
1: dogs. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that'll be fun. But yeah, so it's like a, so you know, so like I said, so this does fit a lot with the you know fits in perfectly with the album you know, and I guess m- maybe part of the reason they don't play it live as much is because you know I mean it it really does kind of have a feel of like an Ed solo song. I mean you know clearly they they all have their parts to it you know you can still get Matt you know in the background with this you know the percussion stuff, but there's not really any wailing guitar solos for Mike or any crazy you know any um you know anything for um you know not there's nothing for the other guys to do but. Um, you know, maybe it's not as fun to play for live for them because there's not as much for the other guys to do.
0: Yeah. I, th- I like hearing the whole band play on it though. Cause I think just like, especially the end with like everything sort of crashing yeah. and sometimes Matt will like mm-hmm. start just like drumming, like it'll be like kind of build mm-hmm. up. It'll be faster and faster and faster. And it kind of feels like a relationship possibly crashing and burning and everything like oh, that. Sure. But I, it definitely, it definitely has a different, uh, uh, hit to it i think when when everybody when everybody plays
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, I think I was gonna say, I think that Mansfield when I think they did that, uh, they had like, you know, it came to more of a, I guess the crescendo would be the right word, maybe like it came that, uh, you know, it kind of Yeah, it was like a big, very uh, explosive ending, at, you know. Um, and that's why I think it would actually, it does fit well for like the end of a set or like the end of a, of something like that. Like, I, I believe in that acoustic preset in Mansfield, that it was basically the last song, uh, then they came out or they stayed and did um, indifference which okay I guess that makes sense Uh, um, but it seems like a lot of these other ones it does it would make sense as an ender of a show or maybe even even if they do like like I said the little acoustic seated you know mini set where they have a three or four you know maybe even five songs at a all seated this would be a good way to end that part of it before kicking into something with a little more uh, energy or whatever
0: yeah, and then in, in the San Diego show, show I saw it. Um, it was the end of that encore, and then came back, you know, a couple minutes later to play uh, 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 Yell Better.
1: Right. So yeah. So pretty much did kind of, eh, for all intents and purposes, it pretty much did kind of somewhat end the show without, you know, they came back for one more. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They 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 do have, I think, a problem with certain songs being like, okay, this is like an opener song, and it doesn't feel quite right mm-hmm. if you stick it in the middle of a set or something, and the same with like closing songs, right, like, oh, right. this is something yeah. real epic and everything like that, that would, like, close out, closes out a set or closes out a show that it doesn't feel quite right, and then, you know, you look at all the shows, it's kind of like, okay, well, you have this handful of songs that will only fit at the beginning or the end, and then you have all your other songs, which you can plug in anywhere, and it's kind of like, okay, well, we're running out of times where we have to plug in you know these five songs that'll only fit right. in this spot and these 10 songs that only fit in this spot
1: yeah no i agree with that because like i was gonna say it's, it's it is odd when you hear especially like older bootlegs and stuff we hear something like rearview mirror at, you know at the beginning of a show or something like that or even in the first chunk of songs or something like that Or, mm-hmm. or you know and and so same thing with like you know if you were to you know hear wash at the, at the in the middle or the end of a set it seems it would it's this doesn't feel right, although it's still enjoyable and I would still love it. But it's uh, it just does, it just it almost feels unnatural kind of it's like, oh, this is a weird yeah. place for this. But like I said, if, if I was at the show and they pulled out Wash or Long Road or something at like in the middle of a set or whatever or, or an encore or something, uh, you won't hear me complain. But uh, it would just it just it's like, wow, it's kind of it's just different.
0: But you know who 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 knows how how they could change their sets in the future and stuff as they evolve as a band and stuff and oh, you know yeah. who who knows like they might just start doing uh, residencies like oh you know we'll play you know a whole week here and we'll be the only band playing or something like that kind of weird things mm-hmm. and then you know take a week off and then travel yeah. somewhere else and kind of do the same thing over and right. over
1: again I don't, I
0: don't know I think if, I think some people have done that and everything and
1: Yeah I, I know yeah I remember um some bands doing that in the past doing, yeah, like they do like a full week or five shows and six nights or something like that or whatever. And then they, yeah, take a few days off and go to a different city and do the same kind of thing. And yeah, you never know. That's, that's one, one of the other cool things about, you know, about them is that they, you know, you never, you never know what's going to happen at the shows. Cause they seems like every tour, they kind of structure the, the set lists format a little, you know, a little bit, you know, they'll, you know uh, they may, you know, one whole tour, they may open with the, typical quote typical openers of oceans and release and long road sometimes things like that and then another tour they may open with just fast songs you get corduroy or go or something like that to open the shows and then then you get some some tours where they have the like i said the seated part of the encore where they do some slow songs and then you know um so that's, that's cool. So it's nice that they kind of evolve how they're, how the, 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 the um, format I should say, or I, I said it before um, of, of the set list construction works. It's just, it's nice that they still play around with it and they, you know, keep people guessing and they, uh, and it's, you know, it, it's, that's, I don't know, to me, that's one of the most fun parts about going to a show is you never know what, you know, you might get all hits. You might get a bunch of rare stuff. You might get a good combination. You might get a lot of covers. You might get no covers. It's, it's, it's different every time and it's always fun and, and I always welcome the, the, the deep stuff like, like parting ways and, uh, and even education. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good place to, to wrap it up then. And so we'll, we'll ask you, like I've been asking everybody else here since this is Pearl Jam 30 year and Ed was asked at the end of single video theory. Uh, I'll ask you now, uh, Bradley, what does Pearl Jam mean to you?
1: That is a very good question. Even though I've had time to prepare about this, because I've heard some of these other episodes, I still kind of, uh, I still kind of caught caught off guard a little, just because I'm not exactly sure how uh, what it is that they do mean to me. Um, I, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, is they've been a big part of my life for so many things, so many major things, um, you know, vacations. And, you know, I've, I've based so many of my things, so many things around either their shows or around their music. It's, you know, it's almost part of my identity in a way. You know, uh, I was recently, I got married last year and um, I walked down the aisle to give to fly. So, you know, I, it's one of those where like, you know, the average person, just like some normal person, like, like, like I'm acquaintances with, I guess you'd say not like super close friends of, but, but, you know, even just you know coworkers and people like that. You know if they were to hear Pearl Jam on the radio, they immediately think of me because they know how <laughs> much it means to me and how much they are. You know, so like I said, so it's almost like it's part of my identity. But um, you know they've, they, you know the the music has gotten me through you know rough times. They're all they're there when I'm in good moods, bad moods. You know, like I said, life changing experiences, and you know even just boring you know, on my way to the, to the, get a haircut or something like that, I'll, you know, you know, maybe listen to them or something like that. So they're just, they're just always around. They're always a part of my life. And, um, you know, and I, there, sometimes I go, you know, weeks or something without throwing them on or catching them on the radio or whatever. And then, and there might be another time where that's all I'm listening to for a week or something, especially when new stuff comes out, like gigaton and stuff like that. Then I'm listening, you know, even more than usual, but, um, and I would say, like you know, nowadays I listen to more uh Pearl Jam podcasts, you know, <laughs> including this one and, and on a, a regular basis. Thanks for the plug. I probably listen to more podcasts. Of, <laughs> yeah, I probably listen to more podcasts than I uh, of theirs than I do listen to uh, just like an album or uh, or a complete show or something. But you know, every now and then you get you know you something triggers uh, a line in your head, and like, oh man, that's a great line. Uh, and I'll go find a. A version of it or throw it on or something like that but um but yeah that's it's just they're they've been such a big part of my life since you know since I became a fan as like a you know an early teenager and it's they've you know I feel like I've grown with the band the band's you know gone through different stages and you know I've I've enjoyed all the changes and all the all the stuff they've done and you know, when they have new stuff comes out, I'm excited for it, even if it's not my favorite or it's not as, you know, like, Oh, well, the older stuff was better. You know, not hear a lot of people saying stuff like that, but I still, I find, you know, I find ways to, you know, love the new stuff too. And, you know, and I, you know, and it's, it's always new and new and exciting. And, um, and I, 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 you know, I hope that doesn't change. I hope I never become jaded or bored with it, but um, you know, whenever, you know, we get some sense of normalcy back and they start doing some more live shows again, I think that's, you know, Live shows are always a good way to um, kind of jumpstart the fandom again. You know, mm-hmm. I've known people who are like oh, I'm kind of a fan, you know, and they go to a show and then they're just like, "Yeah, man, I, I you know, what have I been missing all this time?" Kind of stuff, and I, I'm happy to say that uh, that I've I've never really needed to be jumpstarted, but it always is exciting. So i don't know does did that answer the question enough or <laughs> <laughs> you don't need, need to have like a, final right, yeah. I, like sort a prepared of speech like, and so right, yeah, right, in yeah. summation right, right, right. uh your honor
0: right. i would like to say yeah, so but no I, I no it's all it's all it's all a part of it right. it's all well I,
1: how you feel yeah i will say that and i may have mentioned this in one of your shows before or something but i remember back in one of the live shows probably 16 maybe when i when i went to one of the shows we were standing in line and there was a lady in a shirt that just said it said some people have religion i have pearl jam Mm -hmm. and it's like well i can relate to that a hundred percent because you know it's because some of their stuff has has done that to me you know i'm not saying that like i think of them as deities or anything like that but like but you know that i can say some of their songs i can have a spiritual sense with and a connection with and i look to for guidance in certain situations and things like that So you know. That's just they just mean a lot, so
0: yeah I, I know that um sometimes at least for me i'll I'll go and it's kind of like, okay, you know, back when you know, I was young and didn't have as many responsibilities and stuff, it's like, yeah, you know, I'll go to you know a string of shows and everything like that, and then it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, job, married, kids mm-hmm. kind of like okay i'll 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 go to one show or something and it's kind of like, yeah, I haven't seen it right. In a while, yeah, exactly, so i yeah. go to one show, and it'll be okay, and kind of go, it's like, oh, I got the
1: itch, though. Yeah, exactly. And maybe
0: want to keep going and
1: see some more. Yeah, no matter how many shows you see, you always want at least one more. Ah, oh, I should have just done one more. I wish I could have gotten one more, just because it's, again, like yeah. I said, you get that itch, and then. You- yeah, because I that's uh, like ah,
0: they, they might play, you know, they might play still even flow in that song and Yellow Lead better or whatever, but mm, there's right. gonna be some other stuff. It's gonna be just a little different.
1: Right, exactly. Right, right. You never know, yeah. You never oh, maybe they'll pull out a parting ways or uh a- They'll play
0: a song I haven't ever seen before, and it's gonna be awesome. What am I gonna miss? Oh, yeah yeah, FOMO. I,
1: exactly. I like every, every time, you know, when I, whenever I see them, I always look, I always well, I look at the set list anyways, but always the very next show. I'm like, Oh, what if I had gone to one more show Would I have seen something incredible <laughs> or would I have missed something and you know, but that's probably something that's just going to stress me out more than anything, but, yeah, but yeah. it's still fun. It's still fun to follow along and see what they're playing every night.
0: Well, uh, thanks for coming and dorking out about Pearl Jam with me, Bradley.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, not a problem. I, I will. I could do this all the time, (laughs) but uh, I I know you get to do it all the time. I like, I, you know, get, let's me get a little preparation from uh, one season to the next. Uh, But, um, but yes, thanks again for having me. I will always be down to talk about Pearl jam and, and go from there.
0: The better band podcast is produced by listenupreno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a creative commons attribution share alike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by their respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from BetterBandPod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BetterBandPod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B R A N D E N P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash brandonp and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the upcoming season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Bradley and as always, this is Brandon saying... Ja ja ja, max schnell mit der Art things huh? I must get back to Dance Center I'm in Stuttgart in time to see Kraftwerk. Hey, and Doomkopf, watch out for the CD-Change on my trunk, huh? Idiot.